0: hello and welcome to Deb and friends quest for connection I am your anchor host Deb Bowen and I am so delighted and honored that you are joining us yet again this week as we explore yet another new and interesting topic in this whole concept of connection to science and spirit and so much more my co-hosts this week are Roger Lockshare who is a shamanic practitioner and Anita Self, who is a psychic medium, and we're going to be talking this week about how we came to the beliefs that we now hold in terms of our spiritual practices and and the world around us. And we're starting something new. Um, past, the past couple of, of episodes, we're going to continue with that uh, this week, where. Roger and I are going to call in the energies of the four directions and ask those energies to be with us and to bless us as we uh, spend this hour with you. So if I could ask everybody who's listening to take a deep breath, get as centered as you possibly can and focused. And Roger,
1: if you could start us off, please. Sure, Deb. Thank you. We call to the spirits of the east, spirits of air, beings of flight, the place of the morning sun, light of life, we call you, hail.
0: Spirits of the south, energy of fire energy of action and doing beings of heat and energy. We invite you into our circle. We appreciate your willingness to be with us to teach us that we too can act that we carry within us the flame of being. Hail.
1: We call to the spirits of the West, spirits of water, all beings of that sacred water of life, wisdom of our ancestors, wisdom of our emotions, spirits of water and West, we call you. Hail.
0: We call on the spirits of the North, guardians of Mother Earth, you who ground us, who teach us to be connected to all things on this amazing planet within and around and through it. We invite you to be a part of our circle tonight. As we ask that you teach us that we too are grounded and rooted and connected to all beings. Hail. Thank you, Roger.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank Dawn. you.
0: Thank you, Anita. Welcome to you, my dear. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so if we could start with you, Anita, if we could. Mm-hmm. Um, this this topic of how did we come to believe what we believe? How did that evolve in our lives? I uh, was a conversation that, that you and I have, have had as we have planned some other episodes, Anita, and I know Roger and I have had this conversation on several occasions. And so what what might you want to share and say about your evolution to your journey as it looks today anita i know that's a big question but but just take a piece of it and chew on it with
2: us (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny it's such a it's such a big story isn't it because everybody's everybody's journey is completely different and Mm -hmm. i started out very much um within the the um, christian faith my mom was a local preacher and she was she was a methodist and she was very very smart lady and i was very very fortunate to be brought up within a church environment that was very genuinely loving and i was fortunate in the fact that there was structure but it wasn't too much of a structure so for example those traditions of of for example of prayer and those traditions of certain holidays, festivals, that type of thing, was just such a a, a big part of our lives. And that that's really nice. And of course, those are the traditions that I still hold very dear now. So I like having that whole structured approach. But of course, as we start to get older, and we start to think and a lot of things don't start to they don't add up anymore. You know what I mean? These things aren't making sense. And I think I then started to begin to explore and say, hang on a minute, what I am being taught here and what I am reading, I am not comfortable with this anymore. So um, I actually started to look into Buddhism and that actually made some sense to me to a certain extent, but it didn't really fulfill me that much. And honestly, Deb, the, the only way that I can actually describe my, my spirituality and, and I think about the growth that I've had is that often we look at our spiritual growth as being an upward experience. So we sort of start at the bottom and we're, we're climbing higher and higher and higher. But of course, uh, if we're not careful, we can look at it as, well, there's people who are above us and there's people who are below us within our thinking. And I don't think that's quite right. So when I was thinking about my own development of my spirituality, I think it's become more expansive, where I'm saying there's a lot more yeses than noes," And I'm finding I'm saying yeah, but and but and what about this? So my whole world has my own spiritual life has grown outward and around if that makes sense hmm
0: mm-hmm. it does
2: and and is that
0: not as I was listening to you talk I thought what you were saying felt so freeing to me that that as you expanded you became freer in your beliefs is that accurate oh
2: yeah very very much so I mean I think honestly I am testament that I have not been struck by lightning through exploring different faiths and different (laughs) traditions, you know, I mean, so that in itself has been very, very freeing, whereas I I feel as though and I just to let you know, I, I do believe in a a single God. But I also sort of saying, yeah, but and but we have all of these other spiritual entities as well, you know, we, we can include um, gods and goddesses, but I still see the, the the single, the main god. And for me, like I said, just going and and saying, you know what, I need I need some help here, and I need some guidance, and I need to sh- you to show me the way. And that has been so powerful because I actually believe that. I have been shown just so many non-traditional ways of of worshipping and um, expression of my own spirituality that really didn't fall within the container of Christianity. So that in itself was so freeing. And to know that, hey, I'm I'm not going to come to any harm and the chances of me going to eternal hell are pretty slim right now, if next to none. (laughs) (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) And I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, I, I certainly don't believe you're going to hell, Anita, but, you know, I'm no, don't. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, dear. Sure. Roger, you want to uh, chime in here a bit, please? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, what Anita was saying about expansiveness and that freedom that comes with that, also, I too have not been struck by lightning, just for the record. Um, but <laughs> me three, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, but th- that is a, a very um, I, that holds true for me as well. Is that I was also raised in a in a Christian upbringing. Um, my um, the way I, it was Episcopalian, so um, it was kind of Catholic light. Um, but it was by and large a very positive experience for me, um, as a child growing up, but it just, something didn't sit right for me. It just didn't, it, it didn't hold, um, a real deep truth, didn't really speak to my heart. And so as I began to open up to other belief systems, I can completely relate to that idea of this, this opening and letting go of, um, dogma and Um, Opening myself up that freedom that came with that was amazing and it actually taught me To be tolerant of others to accept other people's belief systems and all the The wisdom that is held in in many different religions and philosophies. I mean This is things that we can all learn from and (laughs) gain from by being open Um, and so I've found that for my own practice, letting go of dogma, not following rules, and allowing myself the space to explore and have experiences has completely opened me up. And something interesting that happens with that, in my experience, is that the right people com- continue to just flow into my life, whether they're other people of like mind or mentors when they're supposed to show up or people that I practice with or but things tend to just flow into my space now by being open. It's like the the constant yes. I see yeses all the time. You know, it's there's it's a constant green light by being open. And um so yeah, my my journey has been a journey and starting with with Christianity and, and evolving into this exploration into European paganism and um indigenous practices from all over the world and ultimately what I, what I arrived to which was shamanism and my shamanic practice. Um but within that there is an overlap of every tradition that I've ever experienced. Or learn from. It's all in in some amazing way. It's all sewn together, um, and it's amazing how that happens. It's actually very magical, you know. There's I don't the, the boundaries and the differences become very blurred, and and they're not there. There's there's this idea of this of separation and things where we we see differences between traditions and cultures. Really, um, that's an illusion. You know, it's, it's just the way people are tapping in and finding spirit. Um, and everyone has their own way, you know, and each tradition is, is equally valid. But um, the more personal you can, I think that for individuals, the more personal we can make it, um, the better, you know, and, and allowing ourselves to go with what feels right as opposed to what is told to us that's supposed to be right. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it it absolutely does, and and as you're talking, Roger, I'm thinking, you know, the, you've just really, in a beautiful way, described the whole intent of this podcast journey that we're on, and that is to blur those those boundaries and not to be, uh, and and I don't necessarily mean that to be disrespectful in any way, and to say everybody should be, believe the same thing. I, that's not what sure. I'm saying, sure. but to say that we can all honor and respect um our various ways of of being in our spiritual realms in our world in a way that that really does bring about peaceful coexistence and an acceptance of of what other folks may believe you don't have to believe everything you learn I, I don't have to believe everything i learned but i certainly want to learn and I want to be respectful of of what I learn along the way. Um, And I think that it's, it's really valuable when we can be with each other in our various ways of beliefs, and say, golly, here's common ground. Here's here are places that are common among us all. That we have that, you know. One of the things that, for example, and I bet you know this, Roger. Animals sing in the key of D flat,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Paul Winter and his wonderful Paul Winter Consort discovered that some time ago. And so he and his musicians play music with uh, fish eagles and timber wolves and humpback whales. And there's there's common ground in in the music that that folks share with four legged and winged and swimming and, and two legged mm. folks, and and I love that he can do that, and I think that he that that lesson is a model for us all, in that we too can find that one spark of common ground among us, and when we can do that, it broadens and expands, as Anita was saying. That willingness and openness to hear each other and to really be respectful of each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Debbie.
2: Sorry. <laughs> go, go right ahead. <laughs> no, it, go ahead, it just got me. It got me thinking as you were talking, and, and I know that you brought up the term um, dogma, and. It, this was very very interesting it reminds me of a, a saying that we have in in England where it's um we say that somebody is all fur coat and no knickers in other words they look really really good on the outside but on the inside you know things are things are a little messy and in order for within ourselves to be able to reach that point, we have to do so much work and this whole analogy of the, you know, a seed has to truly die before it begins to grow. And not only does it begin to grow, it begins to go in really messy places. Our spirituality does the same thing as we have to break apart some of our thought processes, some of our ideas, so we can therefore an, an expand and, and, and grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I True. I agree with that absolutely. Um and and I for me um and and this could even be a whole conversation um in another podcast, but for me the breaking down and and um breaking down dogma um has been a huge part of my own path. And so, you know, I kind of look at things as um something doesn't have to be fact to be true, right? Truth and fact mm-hmm. are, are are oftentimes two different things or can be two different things. And so I, I don't need a set of rules in my spirituality. I'm seeking the truth, and the truth speaks to your heart, right? And so you can find spirit in the most simple of things and in the most in the most freeing things, in nature, in a sunrise, in splashing in the ocean. I mean, you can, you can be one with spirit without any rules. Um, and so for me, and so much of my work with others, is helping people to find that spark, find that connection, without being put in a box, you know, with, without having limits, to find that, that space of limitlessness, that, that space where you're welcome to all experiences, to all things, wherever spirit is going to lead you, however your life is going to go, to welcome it, because it's, it's all teaching us something, you know. Um, but that could be a whole other show. <laughs> breaking down dogma and breaking down, you know, um, just not accepting rules and things, I think is a um, – and, and, and ultimately entrusting in your own process, and knowing that spirit is holding us you know even even in our darkest moments spirit is holding us so we're not going to fall we 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 may fall down and scrape our knees but we're not going to fall permanently right there's not going to be a, a you know an ultimate you know bad thing that's going to happen to us if we start you know exploring other traditions or ex- widening our um you know uh, expanding our horizons, or start mm-hmm. letting go of things that were were drilled into us. Um, that ultimately, that comes. You know, a lot of freedom comes with that. Yeah, it, it really you does. Know, go ahead,
2: Sorry, I was just thinking then um, about when you were talking about about breaking things, and I don't know if this is true for either of you guys, but. I always feel that my greatest growth has always been at that darkest soul of the night when it's just been so horribly painful. When you mentioned, Roger, about spirit holding you at that point in time, you know, and the the knees are being scraped and it's, it's very painful and uncomfortable. But yet it's like, this is, such a, I I almost call it cocooning, because I feel as though it's just so dark and uncomfortable. But I have learned that those moments are very, very precious, because this means that this is going to be a point of new growth, and a point of opportunity. And I know that I'll be going on to the next level. So I don't know about you guys, when it comes to your, your growth, if you tend to grow more, when it's more challenging. And it's more painful
1: Mm. I I can definitely I I can definitely agree to that Um, from from my own um, life's experience that yes oftentimes those those darkest moments or the ones that are the most challenging or the most painful um, it's it's our greatest teacher waiting for us on the other side of that right or our greatest Mm -hmm. gifts waiting for us on the other side of that Um, it and so yeah i i absolutely agree
0: me too and and you know um in my evolution of coming to believe what i believe today and and i have to say this i believe this today and it's worked for me now for many years but i don't deny the possibility that that may shift and there may be something new coming down the way and i'm open to that as well Um, and one of the things that I have learned I learned a long time ago and I still try to continue to do this is to ask spirit for the gift of discernment Mm -hmm. so that I am clear about what what resonates for me and I remember the first time I heard the sentence just two words the first time I heard the sentence harm none, something within me broke open and I knew I'd found home. That those two words shifted my whole perspective in, in so much of finding that gift of simplicity and belief for me that I needed away from the doctrine and the dogma, just harm none. And that, and that really worked for me, mm-hmm. still works for me, still, still works for me. Um, so yes, but, but I have, did I have to go through some dark times to get to those two words? You bet. Do I still mm. go through dark times? Sure I do. We, I think, I, I can't speak for you guys, but I do. Um, but, but there is an underpinning of safety mm. without fear, Uh, of any kind of retribution in my beliefs today that didn't used to be there.
1: You bring up a really good... (laughs) Go ahead, Anita. Sorry, Roger.
0: Go
1: ahead. No, your turn. turn. Go, Roger. (laughs) You you, you bring up a really... You brought up a really great point there, Deb, about always being open to new experiences or that your path may change Um, because it is all about... You know our lives and our and our growth should be fluid. it should be open to new things, and with that, sometimes we release old things that don't serve us anymore um right? and and that's part of it right it's not there the it's not the de- it's not the destination it is the journey um mm-hmm. and so being always open to that next thing and not being afraid to say, "Well, this doesn't work." It doesn't serve me, or it doesn't serve me anymore. It did yesterday, but it doesn't today, and release. And that creates space for new things to flow into your life, into your life's experience. Um, And I think that's so important. You know, I think it's easy for us to to get caught up in the details of things and, and not be willing to let go or not be willing to just be open enough for new ideas and new concepts and new experiences. Um, and, and yet that has so much to offer, you know, and that it's, it can really enrich our um, understanding of ourselves and our, our own personal belief systems, our, our um, relationship we have to spirit by just being open just just the simple uh, concept of allowing yourself that space Mm -hmm.
0: agreed and you know Roger you and I have certainly done uh, public rituals together Mm -hmm. and and we have done public rituals where it was as if we were uh, uh, doing a play in Mm -hmm. that in that we we the ritual and the process was was very structured and according to some kind of form. And then we've done them where they were supposed to be that way, and it went haywire, and that was okay too. Sure. And
2: <laughs>
0: and and both of those are are lessons for me, um, um, in that the form and the ritual, I, and I love it. And and perhaps that comes from um, that old Christian. Uh, stuff we got growing up of of liking uh, the routine and the ritual and the uh, pageantry of it and yet at the same time allowing for um, spontaneity and joy to just emerge and be in whatever way it's going to emerge and be um, gives us that freedom and that flexibility that that also is really important to me as well.
1: Mm, Agreed.
2: Anita, just thinking from you? about yeah, and um, I'm very interested in thinking about those those trigger points for change. So you were mentioning about when you you heard the the term harm none and how that felt inside for you. And I was just actually very curious to hear from both of you, and and then I I, I could share my story is. What are one of the stories that you're willing to share that was a trigger point that that was that was kind of a, a trampoline effect or um, where you had a, a, a period of time of, of growth where something resonated so deeply with you and like, wow, OK, this is causing a shift in the way that I manage my spirituality
1: yeah roger
0: you want to tackle that one first
1: <laughs> sure yeah and i and i'll i'll keep this fairly brief um i was at a large um a big a big turning point in my um spiritual uh, understanding i guess and um it was like my my kind of my whole world changed in in a, in a few days um, in a major way i was at a large festival in upstate new york um, and, um, at this gathering, <clears> there's <throat> a spiritual gathering and gathering at this gathering, um, each night they have large bonfires and drumming circles and all these things and different rituals. And I happened to, um, go to a ceremony that was being led by, um, the New Orleans voodoo temple. Um, who had come up from from New Orleans to to be part of this festival. And um, this was sometime around the mid-90s, maybe 1995, somewhere around there, 96. Um, And I went to this um, ceremony, and it was very intense, and it went on for a long time. But something happened that night between the drumming and the energy, and there was something that just lit me up. And it was like, it was, you know, to say like, um, you know, to say that my heart completely got opened up in a new way. I, I can't even really put into words the feeling I had. It was like, it was like a, oh, now I get it <laughs> kind of thing. It was like, a <laughs> oh, like, this is how uh, you, there was just something to it. I, I'm actually getting goosebumps even just talking about it because I still get this feeling that I had that very first time that I went to one of their ceremonies. And it changed my approach to my own belief system and spirituality in a, in a way that I saw the and felt the very tangible movement of Spirit, capital S, Mm. moving through me and moving through that, the people in that, um, during that ceremony, it was very tangible and it changed my whole outlook and my whole practice because it, it did, it unlocked something and it opened me up to that freedom. And, and it wasn't like Deb, Deb, like you were saying before with the kind of the scripted, um, Ritual format, which is fun. That's a lot of you know. That's a lot of fun to do. And then the more free-form ones. Well, this was not scripted, and it was very, to to me, it seemed very free-form. But there was there was something to it, and um, very difficult to put into words. But it was a turning point for me. My spirituality changed. My outlook on the way I saw spirit changed. My personal practice changed, and my life also changed dramatically over a period of four or five years um and not all of it was positive i have to say some of it was really the kind of like anita was saying the dark night of the soul thing that caused me to look at certain parts of my life you know and but it changed me for for the better for sure um wow yeah yeah
0: okay we're at the halfway mark um so hold on to that thought. I will tell you, I will answer your question, Anita, uh, in just a minute mm-hmm. here, and then and certainly hear from you all. Um, let me just do our halfway point information here, folks. Thank you all so much for being with us. You are listening to Deb and Friends' Quest for Connection podcast, and we are so happy that you are with me. I'm Deb Bowen, your anchor host, Roger Lockshire, who is a shamanic practitioner, and Anita Self, who is a psychic medium and we are so happy to be with you we love connecting with you we i can't tell you how excited we are when we get an email from you all and you want all of us to to answer a question and we're moving into a plan to do a monthly q a um, episode and that'll be coming in late july so so watch for that but in the meantime you can connect with us in lots of different ways through iTunes, through Blog Talk Radio, through YouTube. You can hear our podcast on all three of those outlets. Connect with us on Facebook. Connect with us on um, Instagram. Anita runs our Instagram uh, account, and she does a great job with that. So so if you're on Instagram, go go like us. We really appreciate that. And on Facebook. Uh, And you can certainly email us at debbowenandfriends at gmail.com. So there are lots of different ways that you can connect with us. We love hearing from you. We appreciate your comments on on all of our outlets. The more you comment, the more likely other folks are to find us, and we are grateful to you for that. Um, Roger, do you have anything going on that um, you want to share with anybody?
1: With everybody. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, um, they can certainly find me on uh, shamanfire.net on the internet. Um, I am available for um, shamanic work via Skype or Facetime um, through my website uh, or Shamanfire on Facebook, um, and I'd be happy to uh, to connect with any of our listeners in. Uh, in the cyber world, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. This past year has been a real uh, speaking of life changes. It's been a, a a learning experience for me with the whole uh, uh, online offerings and things. But it's gone very very well, and I'm excited to be doing that with uh, with people from all over. Great, thanks, Roger,
0: uh, and Anita. For you, dear, anything?
2: Yes. So again, continue to check us out on Instagram and I will be opening up sometimes for readings. So when you're on you'll be when you log on to Facebook, you'll see a little advertisement come up or on Instagram. So keep keep your eye open. I'm also available if you need to be able to get in contact with me or if you have a question and you can email me through um, Deb and Friends or you can email me at um, anita.seawolf.self at gmail.com. Yes, so watch this space. I'm excited.
0: Me too. And folks, if if all of that of how to connect with with Roger and Anita and any of the rest of the team individually uh, went by you too quickly, um, on my website, debbowen.com, there is a page dedicated to the Quest team, and all of our contact information is available to you there. So we all would certainly love to hear from you. I'm teaching a course that um, actually is starting this week uh, that's that's already full on uh, the Wheel of the Year but I will be offering some additional courses coming up in the near future. So take a look for those on my website or on our Facebook page or whatever. I'd love to have you join me for any of those. So thank you, everybody. So, Anita, to answer your question, um, I really had moved away from Christianity in the 1970s. And really began exploring other beliefs and other practices uh, to include uh, some uh, information from the Lakota people and paganism and uh, and Buddhism. I was really exploring a, a lot of different things. And in the early 1980s, I believe it was 1982, I had my first reading with a psychic it was, it, it was an absolute life changing experience. And two really important things, well, a lot of important things, but two things in, in terms of your question for me happened in that reading. One was she told me I should be reading Tarot. And back in those days, you weren't supposed to buy your own Tarot deck, unlike the way the world is today. If you were meant to read Tarot, the cards had to come to you and you couldn't ask for them. And indeed, that happened for me and I still use that same deck every time Mm. I do a reading today Uh, but the other thing that happened was that she gave me a really small quartz point on uh, on a a bale on a chain and that little teeny tiny crystal changed my life Mm. because it opened the door to understanding connection in a different way And one of the things that she said to me, I can still hear her voice, was she said, you know, there's not even really any me or you sitting here. Everything is energy. Hmm. And that sentence shifted my whole perspective. And when I began to connect with crystal energy, and I did very quickly after she gave me that first little stone, I began to see spirit in a much broader base than I had ever seen it before. And I began to connect with spirituality in a very different way because of that rock and lots of right. others since then, obviously. And, and, you know, and I have to tell you too, um, Joel and I have been friends. Our lovely friend, Joel Hawkins, who co-hosts this podcast with us. Joel and I have been friends for 46 years we don't necessarily want to tell people how old we are, but we're old, y'all. Well, I'm older than Joel. (laughs) So we've been friends a long time. And we've been through this journey together. My wonderful friend, Joel, and our lovely friend, Granny Jean, the palm reader, who is 91, the three of us have moved through this journey together. And what a gift that was to have two other people with whom I could bounce ideas off of and we could explore and learn and share together in this journey and i truly believe that that is one of the greatest gifts of of this spiritual journey for me is having that mm. connection so there's the answer to your question for me anita how about Thanks, you
2: Dad. <laughs> you know as yeah as i'm listening to both of your your stories it sounded like both of you needed to make that first move that that first step you know going to the festival and you and um, Raji you, you spoke about what the voodoo what was it called
1: something yeah, so voodoo the New, the New Orleans spiritual voodoo temple so it's run by a woman named priestess Miriam um, uh, Shimani um, and um, they were at, they happened to be at this festival for for a number from the mid 90s till I guess the early 2000s I guess they were um, they were going to this. they may still go up to it. I think they still hold this festival now it 's in Ohio, I believe, um, but I have not been in years, but it was that just that chance encounter thing. you know I happened to be there, I was not pra- I, that was not my path, but I was open to have the experience right I, I allowed myself to be open to to learn from another tradition or to have an experience with another tradition, and it just it completely changed my whole my whole outlook on things.
2: Right, absolutely. That's what I was hearing. And I heard that with Deb too. how you decided to obviously get a reading, which is definitely stepping out. And I would say that I had a very similar experience recently where I, again, I was praying for people who I needed to get in contact with and, you know, please bring those people into my life. And an amazing woman came into my life who is a shaman. And we started having these fantastic, wonderful conversations. And I really felt that in order for me to go to the next level with my own spiritual growth and development, but also my personal life too. I really had to get rid of some very old energy that was hanging around that I had to release and I had tried everything, prayer, you know, maybe throwing some counseling in there too, but I decided to have a healing session done with her. And that was phenomenal. I mean, talk about talk about spirit being so real and tangible and to be able to feel the energy shift now if i i would never have been open to that if it had been years ago by the way someone couldn't shift this this energy that's in your body i would i would never never have even thought about that and i actually when we went through the whole process and roger i guess i'm really highlighting what you do here Mm-hmm. And sort of being that channel for spirits to be able to provide that healing. And it was amazing. And I and I I sat up and she said, How do you feel? And I said, All I can feel is space. Mm. There's a space where that thing was and it's not there anymore. And I knew that once that space had been created, I was going to be able to fill it with things that I was being called to do and that I'd be able to grow into that space. But I had to move it first. Now that going back to right to what you were talking about at the beginning, you know, that's not necessarily factual. I can't prove that. Mm -hmm. But I know that I had such a deep and meaningful and positive experience literally within an instant it's like oh my gosh that feeling's gone i don't feel that anymore it's disappeared that wow. was powerful for me yeah so so both of you talk about the books that
0: that we, we you were going to recommend it's uh it because it seems like that's a part of the letting go process for you anita
2: yeah very much so um I was joking earlier, I really like structure. I like I like models, I like direction. Um, so sometimes I, d- I do like my structure. And one of the books that I do want to recommend is by Richard Rohr, and it's called The Art of Letting Go. And within this, he actually talks about the nine stages of spiritual growth. And personally, I, I found this very, very, very insightful, not only from my own experience, but I, I think you can also identify and understand, okay, I, I completely understand the stage that that person's in and why they're there. So that is the stages of growth, which is in the book called The Art of Letting Go by Richard Rohr.
0: Great. Thank you. And the book you
2: wanted you know. to recommend, Roger?
1: Yeah, um, there's a book by the author Tom Cowan, C-O-W-A-N, and the book I would like to recommend for folks this evening is called uh, Shamanism as a Spiritual Practice for Daily Life. And what I like about this book, um, there's many things I like about this book, but the first is his writing style is very, um, it's not intimidating. It's very easy to read. Um, and it's made for anyone. So this isn't about religion. It's about a spiritual practice, how to how to make your daily life have more meaning. Um, it's not a book that's going to make someone a shaman, right? It's just about a, an approach to connecting with spirit in very simple but very meaningful ways. Um, mm-hmm. And so, again, um, the author is Tom Cowan and uh, shamanism as a spiritual practice for daily life. It's a very good book.
0: Great. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I've mentioned this on on another episode a while back, but I want to come back to it in the context that we're discussing tonight. Many years ago, even before that, first reading with with that wonderful psychic um, and as as Joel and Jean and I were just really beginning our exploration of what it might mean to to practice and connect with spirit outside of a traditional uh, Christian framework. Somebody asked me what I believed somebody said and, and the question was kind of a challenge the way it was worded and put to me. It was like, well, what do you believe? I thought, well, that really is a great question. What do I believe? So I started a document in the mid-'70s entitled What I Believe. And that document has grown and changed and morphed over all these many years. And I revisit it periodically, and I tweak it, and I change it, and I add to it, um, and it has really become uh, a treatise for me. It's not really meant for anybody but myself on on how my spiritual path has evolved and has and how it continues to evolve. And so I would just invite folks to, um, and I bet the two of you have a something that that you all do along these lines as well but i would invite folks to really spend some time in very focused reflection about that question what do you believe because what what that came to me to mean was the follow up question to that was why if i believe something why do i believe it why does that ring true for me, as you were talking earlier about the difference between fact and truth. Why why does whatever that may be ring true for me? What is it that, that makes that, my, whatever that may be, my belief? And that's been really a very helpful process for me. Is there something that, that you all do that, that works for you along those lines of, of helping you to focus and clarify your beliefs?
1: Um, Yeah, Absolutely. Um, For me, it's having um, a regular daily devotional time um, in meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can't stress enough the benefits of a simple practice as something as simple as meditation um, because it gives, as Anita was just saying about creating that space within, for the things that you do need to flow into your life, essentially that's what you're doing with meditation by clearing your mind and allowing yourself space for unbelievable clarity and perspective to flow in. You know, and so it it, it can be something as like you're saying as journaling, and I've done that on and off um, over the years, um, but for me at this point, it's having a regular devotional time to me that gives me time for me to reflect and to have introspection and that's where i get my clarity and my perspective on things mm.
0: and i do that too um i you know i certainly meditate every day too but it's the writing that comes after that that
1: mm. that is yeah. so
0: helpful to me you know but yeah. you know i probably don't meditate in the same depth that you do because i know you're a serious meditator <laughs> No, I know you are, (laughs) and I meant that. I meant that in a very respectful way, you know. Thank you. I can I can be kind of half assed about it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Anita, how about you?
2: You know, I I absolutely love meditating, and I'll be honest, I don't do it as much as I should. Um, And I think we're all like that. I I do enjoy it. One of the practices that I Um, really enjoy, and I didn't think I would, and I'm just going to plug in a little app here that you can use. I think it's only available on, um, with Apple. I don't think you can get it on Android. It's called Day One. Now, a lot of the photographs that you see on Instagram and Lock Dad posts um, are, are pictures that I've taken, and I love photography. So sometimes what I'll do is I will put up a picture, it might be something that I've done on my phone, or it might be something I've done with my SLR camera. And then I literally journal and I do it without editing. And it's and it, the grammar might be incorrect, but I feel as though it's a complete emptying of of spirit. It's a complete emptying of my soul on anything that comes to mind. And it's very interesting because you talk about looking back, I'm like, wow, that was that was actually pretty powerful. And what I find interesting is a lot of things that I write, quite honestly, I I truly believe are not necessarily from me. I think it I think I'm being used as a channel in that moment because it's just flowing, absolutely flowing with our editing. So that is definitely one of the ways that I'm able to put down my thoughts and feelings. It may be in a couple of sentences, it may be in a poem. Um, It may be um, frustration, or it may be just some deep insights. But I'm surprised it's actually electronic because I tend I much prefer to write and to doodle. But for some reason to be able to type it in my phone, I find that to be very um, very cathartic. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I have very different experiences when
0: I write. I keep a journal in an old-fashioned spiral-bound notebook with, that I write with a, a pen, and I'm really weird about the pen I use. It has to be a certain kind of pen. Me too, me too. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not alone with that. Um but it, it has to be um there's a there's an energy that happens with your hand and the pen and the paper uh and yet then I also find that there's a um, an economy of of energy that goes into journaling or writing and and using all the functions that i can can use in editing and whatever on the computer so so I get different things from um Different emotions from doing the two different ways of, of connecting, but um, but I do think it's uh, for me that's that's really important. Roger, you know, um, we we always recommend that folks meditate, that they mm. that you sit with whatever is going on, and and I think probably at some point we need to add into our um, queue of, of sh- episodes. Uh, discussion on meditation and I can see our audience in unison rolling their eyes
1: mm-hmm. saying oh god
0: there she goes again to a damn woman's talking about meditating again and and, 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 and yes I am but I want to I just want to stand on a rooftop and go but meditation can be fun there's yeah. great things that can happen with meditation and you are the consummate meditator so so in a couple of minutes here can you just tell people why that is so valid and and valuable to your practice
1: yeah absolutely it gives and and again going back to something that um, Anita mentioned earlier when she was working with the um, shaman recently and how it created this healing created this space um, you know our minds are constantly churning with information Um, and it, almost so much so that the, the inner dialogue that's going on is such a constant that we don't even aren't even conscious of it all the time. So that we've got this inner dialogue, and then we're in a modern world that we live in. We're bombarded with external stimuli as well, and so the importance of being able to to really um, quiet that down is to, it works on so many levels, on a, on a very um, kind of a mundane level, it actually is a great way to relieve stress and to be healthy, to relax, to allow yourself to actually, your body to heal itself. And, um, but then on other levels, it gives your mind time to be clear, so that your our perspective on any aspect of our life can be so skewed by and, and charged by our emotions, by other people's input and influence on what's going on in our lives, and none of those things actually matter. The only thing that matters is what is true for us. And so to really dig into what's important in our lives, it's so important to be able to come from a space where you can be clear, where you can be clear on these things where you can allow yourself again using that term allow yourself that space to actually have, you know have introspection and reflect on aspects of your life or whatever is going on and not in and in such a way that it's not charged by emotions or influenced by other people or experiences um and, and that's that, for, for those of you who've, who've been involved or, or studied Buddhism or any of the Eastern stuff, that's that, that non-attachment piece, right? It's not, it's not that we don't care or don't want to feel, it's that we don't want to have our lives, our lives directed by just our emotions or just by overthinking, right? We want to come from a place where it's a little bit more fluid and flowing and so that we can, we can live our lives in a, in a much more balanced way. So that's kind of my little meditation in a nutshell
0: (laughs) thank you thank you for that Um, Anita we've got time for for any comments you want to make here about that and then we'll wrap up um, what we've been talking about and Roger if you and I could then dismiss the quarters as we close out sure okay
2: yeah one of the things that I would really like to emphasize to our listeners and I think it's a reminder to ourselves too is that it is perfectly okay to continue to explore your spirituality beyond the bounds of of what you think, and that it's, and that it's okay, and that that spirit is unbelievably loving and kind, and will do anything to be able to get our attention and if it means doing different practices, if it means speaking to you through the light of the moon, that's absolutely fine. And I believe that it comes to the power of intention. And if your intention is to get closer to spirit and to become a better person who's more loving and kind, and if it does step outside of your, your faith and, and, and belief and takes you down a slightly different path, but it makes you a better person. I honestly, please take that call in. And you you know, because you feel it in your guts. And it's that wonderful feeling of like a little bit of excitement. I feel like it's almost like a first date kind of feeling, a little bit nervous, a little bit <laughs> exciting, but it's, it's like, wow. So I, I asked, our listeners just pop your feet in the water and see what it feels like and don't be afraid right and just
0: just explore and say yes just say yes yes thank you both so much um roger if we could uh dismiss the quarters and then we'll um close out with everybody sure you want to start us
1: yeah So if everyone out there listening could just take a moment to refocus on this space, become completely present, take a deep breath, relax. And to the spirits of the East, spirits of air, we thank you for your presence with us on this evening until again we meet go in peace hail and farewell
0: spirits of the south thank you for being with us in this space tonight thank you for bringing energy and fire and passion into our lives and until we meet again hail and farewell
1: Spirits of the West, Spirits of Water, we thank you for your presence with us on this evening. Until again we meet, go in peace. Hail and farewell.
0: Spirits of the North, thank you for being with us tonight. We appreciate your grounding us and reminding us of our rootedness and connection to all beings, and until we meet again, go in peace, hail and farewell and thank you folks for being with us tonight. We or whenever you're listening to our podcast, we are so so very grateful for our connection to you, and we look forward to being with you again next week. Roger Anita. Thank you both so much for doing this episode with me. We, too, shall meet again.
1: (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Debbie.
0: Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take good care. Good night. Good night.